of that sports show not just any sports show not this one not the other one that sports show that is our weekly impact media jump into the world of uh, practically all the sports we we talk football we talk uh, soccer baseball nascar f1 some college some rugby there's some fun stuff going on we talk all kinds of stuff i'm jeremy the impact york welcome in a little tired at the moment uh, because of some scheduling issues. The three new shows that we are debuting this week on on uh, on our network here, the uh, GSU Panther Zone, of course about the Panthers. Uh, also hunker down about the UGA Bulldogs and our Georgia Tech show that myself and GT John Watts. Just recorded right before we recorded, right before I recorded this, uh, titled Up with the White and Gold. That one should be, they should all be dropping soon. I apologize for them all dropping at the same time, but um, scheduling conflicts, it happens. Also, uh, I'd say a big announcement. Big announcement. Um, I also, besides doing all the fun media stuff here, I have also taken a small position locally here, um, out here with Gratic Sports, who covers uh, all around the Carroll, Harrelson, Douglas, Heard, all this area. They are big on high school sports. I've taken a uh, small role with their Friday night football programs. So uh, definitely appreciative of that. Look forward to continuing to uh, help showcase the great talent that's out this way. I mean, high school football, we love it. And, and the guys and girls involved each and every Friday night. And uh, Gratic also covers baseball, high school baseball, high school softball. They do high school volleyball. I think they do some soccer. They do all kinds of stuff. And they do such a great job. And I, once again, am very uh, humbled and appreciative of uh, my new role there that will not affect any of this. I have some of those guys on. But uh, Gratic is uh, super cool, not just because they, they brought me on, but uh, they do a lot of great things for the community. And uh, shout out to them, and you guys should check them out. They have four regular radio stations in the area for all their amazing coverage of not just sports, but uh, it's music all day, it's things like that. But... On Friday nights, if you tune in to any of the broadcasts or uh, even get as much as a score update, uh, just know that this guy played a small part, along with the rest of the amazing team, uh, in getting that information to you. But I uh, just wanted to clear the air on that uh, because some of you had asked. Um, they had heard, you guys had heard that I had, had been in talks with um, some people with some opportunities, and yes, I was. Uh, I ended up going with this one. This was the best formal offer 
given, and, and I had the option to, to turn it down, but uh, it's a great opportunity, and uh, I look forward to some fun stuff we're going to do with that. But wanted to clear the air, wanted to get that out of there, because I got asked a lot, and I like to be up front with you guys, and you guys know that. Now, we have got lots of stuff to get into, but before we do, let me remind you guys, if you want to leave us a question, comment, suggestion, review, any sort of thing like that, uh, you can do that Podcast One, Spotify, uh, if you listen to us through Blog Talk Radio, if you listen to us through the iTunes Store, any of those places you can do that. FreeEndZone at gmail.com is our email. And you can also find us on Facebook. I'm looking up uh, at Sports Show, Impact Media, Jeremy York, any of that. You'll be able to find us. Also on Twitter, at Team Impact Media, we'll find all the show uh, links. That's all that account has. If you want to follow me personally, which I post all the shows there as well, on top of uh, the, the other random fun things that, that are going on uh, in Impact World, at the Impact 99, you can find me on Twitter, on Triller, on TikTok, and Instagram. And uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. I'd uh, love to talk with you guys about whatever you guys want to talk about. You guys know if you find me or you hit me up on there, I respond to everything. So, what are we going to get into tonight? Hey, this will be the first week we feature college picks, and those will be towards the end of the program. But for now, let's start with Atlanta United. Atlanta United, they had a game last night where they took on the Philadelphia Union in Philadelphia and uh, come up a little short on that one. Gutman with the long goal, we lost that one 4-1. to one. I believe that puts us that puts us Still three, only three points out of seven, but I believe we have, we only have about seven games left. Now, once again, I'm going to throw this out there. If we have seven games left, in fact, let's, let's find out how many do we have. We have six games left. Okay. I would say, conservatively, we need to win at least three of those and have at least a draw in there somewhere. I, I think 10 points would help us a lot. And, I mean, we've got to face Portland coming up this weekend in Portland. Uh, then we will host Toronto after that. That's going to be a tough game. We get pesky Orlando coming in uh, the following Wednesday. And to round out September, we will host Philadelphia here on the 17th. And then there must be a break or something because then we face New England in New England early October. And the second week of October, we will host NYCFC here. There's some winnable games in there. There's some games that we should hope for just a, a point.
and uh, we, we just need to get all the points we can. Let me clear something else up, too. Joseph Martinez is still under contract next year. He is, unless he gets traded, he is not going anywhere. To my knowledge, and my knowledge is based on that of the AJC beat reporter Doug Robertson, among others who are closer to United than I am, not for lack of fandom, it's just they, they have the access. People who actually follow the show, I mean, follow United, they're at all the press conferences, they're in the media scrums, things like that. He's still under contract for a year. He's not going anywhere. He has not requested a trade. In no way, people keep thinking that this is the last year we're going to get Martinez. Unless he decides to leave or we sell his contract, it would be pretty bonkers for us to do. Unless we do that, he's not going anywhere. This team is still built around him. Some people have suggested maybe he should start going forward for the end of the year. Um, I think still rehabilitating off of his knee injury and his and his, uh, his cleanup that he had in the middle of the season, I like him as the super sub. Him and Dom Dwyer as super subs. That has sparked this team a lot, besides having Gutman in there. So I would actually keep Cisneros probably starting and stirring people up. I think he wears people out so that when Joseph gets in, he gets the opportunities because they're wore out, so he runs around them. That's what I think. Um, was it Rocco Rios Novos? All of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, he's regressed so much, and he looks so terrible. He's never looked this terrible even when he started. No, you went up against a Philadelphia team who's number one in the East, possibly number one in the entire table, the entire league, and uh, you played a little sloppy, and they beat you because of it. So there's a couple he could have stopped as a goalie, but you still would have lost 2-1. to one. So... I, I don't blame him at all. I think he's done well. His footwork is really good. I know we have other people on the bench, and you guys are dying to see these people play. This is what happens when your team struggles, is people become fans of the backup goalies and things like that. And that's fine. Be a fan of whoever you want to. I'm just telling you, Rios Novos, I believe, is the guy you need to probably finish out the season. You can address other things later, but that is that is what I would look at. Let's move on. Let's talk a little NFL. A little NFL. We know the season will start next Thursday where the Bills will host the Rams on Thursday Night Football. That is NBC. Right now the Buffalo Bills are favored by two and a half, which is uh, kind of interesting. That means if they played in Buffalo, then the Sharps in Vegas would say this is a five and a half. So that'll be fun. Uh, and, of course, our Falcons will open up at home uh, on the 11th, 1 o'clock on Fox, where they are a 5.5-point underdog to the visiting New Orleans Saints. I think that game is going to be a lot closer than it should be. We will talk more about it next week. So let's talk Russell Wilson. There's a couple of big stories in the NFL. Let's talk about them real quick. Russell Wilson and the Broncos have agreed to a uh, contract extension. I heard this was part of the trade, uh, part of the deal in the trade from Seattle to, 
to here, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, I believe this is, yep, yeah, five-year, $245 million. It has about 165 guaranteed. My guess is closer to 150. These numbers are always a little inflated. Uh, when you get down to the brass tax, they're usually a little bit less than that. But here's the biggest thing. Thanks to the Deshaun Watson deal, it looked like all the quarterbacks and big-time players were going to get fully guaranteed contracts going forward, and it's just the way they were going to have to do. Well, not here. The brand-new owner, Rob Walton, and his crew uh, negotiated a great deal. I don't think they fleeced Russell Wilson. I think he more is getting more than, than his fair share. I mean, not even more than. He's getting a great deal out of this, too. I think this helps all of them. And uh, I think he's going to see the end of this contract. But this that's, that's a good quality deal there. Let's see what. He's going to get $45 million a year. That's that's not a bad that's not bad at all. With basically, looks like the first three years I would imagine are the guaranteed years, but that's that's great news. Great news for the league too. Russell Wilson is still one of the best quarterbacks. I want to see what he's going to do in Denver. He's got different weapons. I won't say better because he had some pretty good ones in Seattle. Um, we'll see about the offensive line. It's got to be better because Seattle was terrible. And uh, if his running backs can stay healthy, that's something. That, unfortunately, uh, Chris Carson and crew could not do in Seattle. So, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Jimmy Garoppolo stays a 49er. After all this, when Shanahan's saying, yeah, he's probably gone, and, and Garoppolo's you know, probably moving on. Uh, well, at some point, they sat down and agreed, instead of the $24.5 million he was supposed to get this year, that uh, basically we want you to stay along as the insurance policy behind Trey Lance and um, as the backup to, to help him, at least for this year. But we can't pay you three times what he's getting, and he's getting about 7 or $8 million. So they agree that he's going to get about 6 and a half this year to be the backup, which is that's good money to be a backup. He's by far one of the better backups in the league at this point. And uh, Trey Lance hasn't been the healthiest in the world as well, so there's a good chance Jimmy G is going to be in there. Nobody really expected this to happen, including the parties involved. But, hey, Garoppolo's staying there. That team's loaded. There's, there's a chance he could, he, he could take a shot at a ring. I mean, Brock Osweiler took the Broncos a couple years ago all the way to the playoffs before they put in Peyton Manning, who finished it out. And you could argue the defense still won that one. But, hey, Garoppolo stays. So the West stays stays one of the best divisions. Because I think he's better than Trey Lance. But I understand you invest that much in Trey Lance. You've got to uh, you've got to see what you've got in him. You, you had basically invested, what, three first-round picks and a bunch of random trade-up, trade-down things that you got to see what you have in Lance. And the only way to do that is clear the deck and – you still got Garoppolo there, but let's see what happens moving forward. Uh, just quickly, uh, some of you brought up the Patriots, and how did I think the Patriots were going to do this year? Well, on next week's show, I will do a full 
division breakdown of, of all the divisions and how I think they're going to do. But I'll tell you right now, the Patriots better hope their defense is pretty good, and I think they are, because I I think their offense is going to struggle to make 20 points a week. I don't I don't like a lot of the pieces. I don't like the line configuration. Uh, Mac Jones is okay, but in this non-McDaniel system, because McDaniels is now in Vegas running the Raiders, I, I, whether it's Matt Patricia or whether it's Joe Judge or, or Bill Belichick or, or Little Belichick or, or Robert Kraft or, or some guy in the third row eating popcorn and two hot dogs right now, I don't think it's going to matter much. I just I, I don't like a lot of the pieces they have. So we'll see what they end up being, and I'll talk a little more about it next week. But uh, those are pretty much the big stories in the NFL. Uh, we just had cut day, and there was some some uh, decent names here and there. Uh, Jalen Reger got traded uh, from the Eagles. So there's a couple names here and there. Nothing... Nothing that crazy. It's it's cut day. That's that's pretty much what happens with that stuff, you know. Let's talk some Atlanta Braves. Now, they've kind of been up and down here recently, but so have the Mets. Just like tonight, the Mets beat the Dodgers five to three, and the Braves beat the Rockies three to nothing. So. The lead stays the same. It's just uh, they went on a little bit of a skid where they lost uh, like three out of four. Well, so did the Mets. What does that mean? That means it means that the lead stays where it is at uh, was it three? There it is, three. Three games, and they have played. Let's see, they played. 132 games, so they have still got 4,619 to go. Now, baseball is just really long, but let's, you know, as, as you get into the last parts of it, can they catch the Mets? Sure. The Mets don't want that to happen. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw it, but they had Timmy Trumpet, who is half of the uh Recording Artist Act that does the narco song that Edwin, the closer, comes out to. Uh, they had him playing trumpet on that. That was pretty cool. It is also William Contreras' walk-up song, so let's let's keep that in mind as well. Um, but the Braves, let's see, there's there it is. There's 31 games left. No, 30. There's 30 games left. Because they played the one tonight. They are going to play some teams where they should be able to try to make up some ground. But the Mets also have an easy schedule as well. I mean, the Braves get the Marlins, the A's, the Mariners, the Giants, the Phillies, the Nationals. Phillies again. The Nationals again. Then they start, uh, they end September and begin October against the uh, the Mets, before finishing up with uh, the Marlins. So they're going to play their division a lot. So are the Mets. 
it's going to really probably come down to that that next to last series. I say this the whole time. You guys know I'm a Mets fan. Do I want the Mets to win? Yes. If the Mets can't win, I do want the hometown Braves to win because I still have an affinity for them, and I want them to do well. If for nothing else, you guys. It was so much fun last year to see all these lifelong Braves fans that I've known my entire life and to meet some of you guys and to see what that championship meant to you, to see what it meant to Cubs fans years ago. I got a lot of friends and family in Chicago. It's uh, to see what it does for communities and cities and fan bases is fantastic. I do think that the Mets and Braves will both be in the playoffs. I say that I say this a lot. I think they are going to win their first round matchups and probably match up in the second round. And it's going to be one of the best series you've seen because they go shot for shot toe to toe with everybody. And, uh, They they and they're all heating up at the right time. Uh, Acuna still looks a little dinged up, but with him in the lineup, it just seems like he is that spark, that pivot point. Uh, but we know Dansby is is having a killer year. We know Matt Olson. He is uh, he is like Freddie Jr. I have said that all along. Austin Riley is an MVP candidate. Uh, what, what, uh, Michael Harris and uh, Grissom have done to to spark this team? It's it's to see the youth and everything. It's it's fantastic, just just amazing. And what else can you possibly say about the pitching staff? Uh, Spencer Strider, Strider, I thought he had more. No, it's Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright has 17 wins. Max Freed has 12. Ian Anderson has 10. Spencer Strider has 9. Charlie Morton was just 6. But uh, if I told you at the beginning of the year that Kyle Wright was going to be your uh, ace, your top pitcher, you wouldn't believe me. If I told you Spencer Strider was going to not just be a bullpen guy, but come in and do quality starts, and he might still be leading the overall strikeouts because he has 174. And let's see, he has 174, which is six more than Charlie Morton. And he has started... See, he was in the bullpen for 11 appearances and 17 starts, which is eight less than Morton. He struck out that many more. That's just crazy. Just crazy. And I'll be honest, as a Mets fan, Strider and, and Kyle Wright are the ones I'm worried about. I know at some point either Morton Freed or Anderson are going to grab a win, and you guys should be excited about that. Uh, but I know... I don't want to face Kyle Wright. And I don't want to face Spencer Strider because I feel like they're they're the ones that are going to be our uh, our downfall. But it's going to be great for the Braves. A lot of people say this Braves team. It, uh, well, I don't know. They I don't know if they're good enough to win a World Series this year. Well, that's what they said last year too. And last time I checked, you guys have a lot of memorabilia and rings to go around. So 
good for the Braves. Like I said, uh, I, I enjoy the battle they have with the Mets, and we'll see who comes out on top in the end. And it could very much be the Braves. Uh, we're going to take a break real quick, and when we come back after a message about our friends at BetOnline.net, when we come back, we're going to talk some F1, we're going to talk some NASCAR, and uh, then my NCAA picks right here on That Sports Show. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Jeremy the Impact York from Strong Style, Board Check, and That Sports Show. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, including this year's opening games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we are back here on That Sports Show. Make sure to visit our friends at BetOnline.net. They have the wagers and the odds. They set the table. They have podcasts. They have articles. They have all the research you could need. They do so much of the work so that you can just lay back and have fun. You can just sit back and enjoy it. Make sure to go visit them and uh, tell them the impact sent you. So, I teased right beforehand that uh, we're going to talk some F1. So, let's talk some F1. We did not do it last week, and uh, to which I apologize. But uh, the winner of the Hungarian Grand Prix was Mr. Max Verstappen. Max is, Max is so far ahead in the standings that he could actually sit out a couple races and still not give up the lead. I think he has over a 100-point advantage over uh, Charles III, Leclerc. Uh, but, hey, Lewis Hamilton and George Russell again find themselves on the podium for that Grand Prix. Uh, it seems like the two Brits and uh, Mercedes drivers are doing fantastic and really coming on strong here late in the season. Now, we also had the Rolex Belgian Grand Prix over the weekend. Surprise, surprise. Who wins that? Max Verstappen. Then you get a... Uh, Then uh, Perez and Sainz to finish out the uh, Sergio Perez and uh, Carlos Sainz. So it goes Red Bull, Red Bull, Ferrari. Uh, Mercedes was in there. Uh, Fernando Alonso with Alpine. Great fifth place there. Uh, Charles Leclerc been able to stick it out for sixth. Get the other Alpine driver, Esteban Ocon, at seven. Uh, they call him Seb, but Sebastian Vettel and Austin at Aston Martin, Alfatari has Peter Ga uh, Pierre Gasly in there, but hey, how about Team Williams gets a top ten? They get a point. Uh, they they were a team that had struggled a little bit here of late, but uh, Alexander Albon with the tenth place finish there, uh, just just a fantastic fantastic finish uh, for them. F one 
are for NASCAR guys who said, I just can't get into F1. Uh, F1 is like if NASCAR was souped up go-karts on incredibly difficult tracks with hairpin turns and the drama is not 40 people and 20 teams, it's closer to, it's closer, to, it's only 10 teams, two drivers per one, and my goodness, is there the drama, because uh, there are people all over the board that are uh, moving along. One in particular, find him, uh, Daniel Ricardo, who currently drives for McLaren. Well, he basically is being told that he's not driving for McLaren next year. Uh, it is actually going to be uh, Piastri, I believe, is going to step in at McLaren for uh, that one. Not sure where Ricardo is going to go yet. There's a couple places he could potentially go. He could potentially leave F1 and go to a different racing series. But uh, he seems to have problems being the number two on the team. He wants to be the lead driver, and, and I get that. But that is going to limit the things he can potentially do. But other than that, he's a fantastic driver. And this week, we get the Heineken Dutch Grand Prix. This is in Circuit Park Zonfort in Zonfort. Uh, ESPN at 9 a.m. is when you can find the race on. And the Heineken Dutch Grand Prix, the previous champion, of course, is, well, Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen is having a run right now the same way that Lewis Hamilton had one a handful of years ago, where he had just like a three-year run where you just, it's so hard to just keep up with it. And uh, he's, he's, uh, he's doing fantastic. He's if you're gonna if you're gonna get into it, get into it now because this is like being able to watch Tiger Woods in his prime, Serena dominate on the court. This is watching Jordan. This is watching uh, just Gretzky. This is one of the best in the sport, just absolutely annihilating everybody else. And uh, you guys should definitely try to check that out. Now, let's talk a little NASCAR. The NASCAR Cup Series will be in Darlington again here, in a, here uh, later on this week. But uh, we didn't talk about Watkins Glen, and we didn't talk about Daytona that just happened. Watkins Glen was uh, a fun race. That is a road course that they do. Uh, it's fun to see the, the configurations of cars, the way they do things there. Uh, Kyle Larson ended up with the win. Uh, he only led five laps. He only had to leave the last one. Uh, A.J. Allmendinger, Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Daniel Suarez on that one. That led us to Daytona, where you just said it's like Daytona is like a bigger version of Talladega, where you just want to avoid the big wreck, and you usually can finish pretty well. Well, thanks to some rain and some moisture, there was a lot of it on the track. A lot of people said maybe they called it too late. I think NASCAR called this thing at the right time. And uh, because of the big wrecks, it took out about 15 cars right towards the end. Uh, Austin Dillon ends up with your win. Uh, it was uh, 
is great because now he makes it into the final. He was the final driver in him and Ryan Blaney. Blaney was the only driver to not to make the playoffs without winning a race. Uh, it, it, this this structure is crazy. It is amazing that we had so many different winners this year. But uh, Austin Dillon, normally known as a uh, kind of front of the middle of the pack guy and uh, he avoided the big wreck was able to go around everybody he ended up leading the last 10 laps and uh, like I said the last one's the main one that matters but he led he looked really good in doing so and uh, good for him he makes it into because of, of uh, Kurt having to pull out with his concussions he makes it into the last spot what do those standings look like well Chase Elliott is in first then 15 points back is Logano and Ross Chastain. You got Larson, William Byron, Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Tyler Reddick, Kevin Harvick, Christopher Bell, Kyle Busch. You got Chase Briscoe, Daniel Suarez, Austin Cindric, Alex Bowman, and Austin Dillon. Those are your top 16. Those are the ones who. Uh, will compete the bottom see the bottom three or the bottom four nascar makes this confusing or the bottom three or the bottom four um, after the next couple races will drop off i think it's the bottom four and then the next four and then the next four when you're down to the final four racers who qualify and obviously if you win you're automatically in if not you want to accrue as many points as possible and definitely more than the other guys in the actual playoff and if you are so inclined and so lucky to make it to the final four, then it comes down to the final race where you just have to finish ahead of the other three. It helps if you win, but you don't necessarily have to. If you get 36th and they're 37, 38, 39, you win. It sounds simple. It is very, very complex. But as I said, they're in Darlington. I would favor a lot of the Toyota drivers here, uh, Denny, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Truex, Kyle Larson. Those kind of guys are the ones to favor. They are really good at these tracks. And uh, I believe that is Sunday at 6 on the USA Network. I don't think there's any rain in the forecast, so that one should go off without a hitch and should be a lot of fun. Uh, once again, let's, I'll do the opposite. F1 fans, if you want uh, slightly different drama, way more racers on the grid, start watching NASCAR. NASCAR and F1, you guys should be watching each other because there, there is so many similarities, and it's just great motorsports. Now, finally, before we get out of here, we have got to talk about college football and the college football picks for the week. For people who are new to the show, each week I pick uh, four to five games. We'll go with five this year that um, I think are going to be entertaining games. I think there are ones that you should try to watch. And here are my college games to watch and my picks for them. If it will load up. There it is. All right, we are going to start with 
Cincinnati, number 23, Cincinnati at number 19, Arkansas. Arkansas is actually the slight favorite at 6.5. That is basically a touchdown. A lot of that has to do with being at home. So that would be, they would be 3.5 point favorites if they were in Cincinnati. That's the way Vegas views that. I actually think that Cincinnati is going to win this game. They do not have Desmond Ritter. They do not have a couple other people that help them to a top four ranking last year. But I do think they are good enough to beat the Arkansas Razorbacks. So take Cincinnati. We also have... We also have number five, Notre Dame at number two, Ohio State. That is 7.30 on ABC on Saturday. For people who don't know, I may be a Michigan fan, which means I do not like Ohio State. But in this case, you're just dumb if you don't pick Ohio State. Notre Dame has a chance to win this game. They are pretty good, and they are probably a top four team this year. But they're going to get their first loss right out of the gate because Ohio State has something to prove. A lot of people say this is between Alabama and Georgia this year. So they are wanting to remind everybody that this is still Big Ten country. So Ohio State uh, should win that one. In fact, are they favored? Yeah, Ohio State by 17. Yeah, even Vegas is, is thinking this is going to be uh, pretty crazy. Next game, Troy at number 21. Ole Miss. I will call this an upset alert. Troy, App State, Coastal Carolina are all three teams from the Sun Belt that we watched go in and out of the top 25 last year, and they always have, they always have that potential. I think they're going to knock off Ole Miss in the first game. That is a SEC Network game at four o'clock. Uh, very disrespectful line in Mississippi is a 21 and a half point favorite. That's disrespectful. That's that's a kick in the pants right there. But I'm going to take the Troy Trojans in that one. Up next, let's go Louisville at Syracuse. This will be on the ACC Network. That is a Saturday night, 8 p.m. game. Prime time there. Louisville is a four and a half point favorite. I think Louisville is probably going to pull that one off. I think they're going to be able to probably cover the point spread if you were so inclined to put your uh, hard-earned dollars on that. I'm taking Louisville in that one. And as I always do, I like to pick a late-night game because in middle school and high school and college and, and even until now. You have a busy day Saturday, no matter what you do, you usually get in late. Maybe you just want to catch a, uh, a game or a little bit of a game before uh, calling it a day. So here on the East Coast, we get those West Coast games, and that's kind of how I started to pull for Hawaii and Arizona State because I always saw their games when I come in. Um, I am going to say... Let's do Boise State at Oregon State. That's going to be a fun one. They are practically neighbors. 
Oregon State is a two and a half point favorite. That game is going to be on ESPN at 10:30 Eastern. Uh, Boise State always comes out, scores a lot of points, but out there in the pack, almost everybody does that. Nobody plays a lot of defense. I'm going to say Oregon State is going to win at home, get their first win, and uh, that should be a fun game to uh, kind of cap off your Saturday night. Uh, so to recap, number 23, Cincinnati, over number 19, Arkansas. Number 2, Ohio State, over number 5, Notre Dame. Troy, over number 21, Ole Miss. I've got Louisville over Syracuse. And Oregon State at home, the Beavers are going to take out Boise State. And that's going to do it for us this week. Shout out to all you amazing people who make this so much fun to come on and talk everything sports. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. This has been That Sports Show. See you guys next week. Deuces, gooses.